0: It's a new year, and we kind of have synonymously added um, just fresh new starts with new years, haven't we? I mean, you have resolutions, you have goals, you have all these different things that we associate with New Year's. So we begin every year kind of with this fresh vision, with this fresh start for the new year, for this vision that we have for our life, right? We're, we basically say like goodbye to the old self every single year and hello to the new as we're stepping in to the new year. We have this vision of who we can be and we create steps to make our vision a reality. We can really, like, we can have other conversations about how good we're at following through with those plans. Amen. Um, Every single year we always start really hard and strong, but then something seems to happen. But regardless, beginning of the year, it's always this time where where our minds are just at large thinking about the coming year and all that it might have in store for us. Well, as we're beginning this 2022, we want to capture this time where people are just thinking about their life that you're thinking and having creating visions for what your life could be for this next year. That's why we're starting off with this series called Culture Makers. So we're taking this four weeks and we're going to look at our core values and through this core values. And we're just going to use our values to kind of think through and wrestle with and dream of what 2022 might have in store for us this year. So if you've been here with us, you might be thinking, well, we've already like, tackled some of our core values, right? Like, if you've been here before we launched our church in October, we had these core team trainings where we went through our core values. If you've been here even after that, we went through our forward class, and it's like we worked through our core values. It's like, haven't we done this already? Like, haven't we we tackled this? Well, here's the thing. Vision leaks— Vision leaks. Now, I don't necessarily mean that in terms of like when you create vision, it like leaks down to everybody else in the room. That can be the case, right? But what I mean is vision leaks in terms of we forget it. They say that you have like a 30-day window where people remember the vision that's been cast before them, all right? So here's like a lot has happened since like September, October, since we started, just like in the life of our church. So October 3rd, we launched Sunday services. Then we moved into the forward class and we, we had new people that came in. We went through our forward training. We installed new members. We've had two complete sermon series that we've gone through through this church. We've survived the holidays, right? Like we survived. We got through. We did it. We have all these different things, and that's not even including all that's gone on in your life in just the last three to four months. So when we launched our, our Sunday services in October, hopefully our core values were like this really loud voice for us every single time that we gathered here on Sundays. But over the course of that time, the likelihood is there's been other screaming voices that have come into your life since our launch in, on October 3rd. And so what seemed like a really loud voice at first has probably been drowned out by a lot of these other screaming voices. So we're coming back to our core values so we can think and we can dream and we can wrestle and really envision who God has called us to be as a church and what he's calling us to step into in 2022. And so this evening, we're starting with our first core value, which is this. We initiate relationships with all people. Say that out loud with me, all right? We initiate relationships with all people. All right, so here's what I want us to do. Tonight, I just want to consider this core value through the two verses that we read in Ephesians chapter 5. We see two commands in this passage from what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. He says, imitate for one, and then second, walk. Imitate and walk. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to explore these two commands under the umbrella, kind of our core value, and then we're gonna wrestle and dream together of what it looks like for us to initiate relationships with all people in 2022, all right? So here's, here's the first one, the first command that we image or we imitate God, all right? Verse one, therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children. So the first command we get from this passage is that we're to be imitators of God. So we get the word mimic from this word. So um, I'm not gonna try to say the word. I've actually practiced it, but I just butcher it every time I say it. So we get the word mimic from this word imitators that's in this passage. We are to mimic or we're to imitate God in the way that we live this life. Now, here's what Paul isn't saying, all right? Maybe your mind goes here. This this word. My mind kind of goes to whenever I hear this word imitator. When I hear the word imitator, I think impersonator. We're not to be impersonators because Paul gives us a different analogy here. He gives us the analogy that we're to be like children. All right, so here's the difference. An impersonator mimics to entertain, right? They, they work to figure out what it looks like to the mannerisms of somebody else, the voice inflections of somebody else. They learn all these things to impersonate other people. Now, the difference here is that this is not who that person really is. We're not to be these Frank Caliendos that are going around trying to impersonate God in the way that we live this life. No, Paul says that we are to be like children. See, children imitate to learn, don't they? Children imitate to learn. Children learn how to be and how to function in this life by looking at their parent figure that's in their life and then imitating. So there's, this, there's a video that kind of went viral um, in the last couple of weeks of Tiger Woods and his son as they were playing some golf tournaments together. Anybody see this little, like, clip? So it's like a, a minute and a half. And so what they've done is they've taken a bunch of different captions of Tiger with his son, Charlie, on the golf course, and they've tried to put just all the mannerisms that Charlie has picked up from his dad, all right? So I'm not going to show you the video, but I did get some pictures here. So look at, look at these with me, all right? So just the way that they sit, right? Hold on, go back. Go back. So both hand on the face, right? Like they have the same kind of blank stare as they're I don't know what they're watching. Maybe a Raiders game because that's the hat he has on. But like they're both sitting the same way. All right, go to the next picture. The way that they stand. Like Charlie has figured out what his dad is doing and he's leaning on the club the same way. They have the same mannerisms here. Go to the next one. The way that they walk. Like look, it's like they're synchronized, right? If there was like synchronized golfing, like Charlie and Tiger would probably win the the whole entire tournament. Go to the next one. The way that they crouch, like even the way as like they're trying to get the read on the green, like you can see just the way that Charlie has picked up, he's stand his dad's standing behind him, but yet they're still kind of doing the same crouching position. Now go to the next one even the way they celebrate, all right? So it's a little pixelated right here. I was really wanting to get one of like the, the arm fist is like the putt goes in, you know, like Tiger's, like his iconic, Image. Well, Charlie does that. Like, if you watch the video, like, it's almost exactly in sync with what they're doing. As, as Tiger was watching the video that they put together, he's like, There's two things that stand out to me in the way that I see everything that's kind of going on, things that just kind of blow my mind. The way that he flips his club after he, like, hits a shot, and then the way that they go down to pick up the tee. It's like, I, They're not even doing, they're not on the same T box at the same time. And the way that they kind of put the video together, the way they go down, it's, I mean, it's milliseconds away from being spot on of what they're doing. His son has imitated his dad. He's watched, he's mimicked, he's picked up all the mannerisms of his dad, and he's put it to use in his own life. This is what Paul is trying to get in our minds when we're thinking about what God is to us. We are to be imitators of God as dearly loved children. We are to imitate in order to learn. And look, as followers of Jesus, we have a whole new way of life to learn from our God. whole new way. Specifically thinking like both his character as well as the practices that he does in his life. So in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul instructs us that we are to take off the old self and that we're to put on the new self. Just, I mean, verses before the two that we read tonight, this is exactly what he's instructing the church of Ephesus to do. Then he explains ways in which our character is to be like God. So that like he, he's teasing out what it looks like for us to imitate even before he gives the command to imitate. He says that we're to tell the truth because our God is a God of truth. He tells us that we're not to be angry and sin at the same time. We can be angry, but we should be angry without sinning as God does in his own life, that we are to work honestly, that we don't take advantage of people, that we're honest with the wages that we get from our work because of the way that we work with integrity. These are things that we're to put on this new self and take off the old self in the way that we imitate God by putting on his character. This, this is the new life that he's called us to live with him. And we do this by impersonating, not impersonating, by imitating him, mimicking him and what he does and what we pull out from scripture and how he lives his life. Our character doesn't naturally trend in this direction. And that's why Paul's given us, hey, follow Model, mimic, imitate God. Put on this new life that He's given you because there's this whole new life that we should live. We need to learn it, we're to adopt it, and apply it to our own life. Now, look, it's not just for our character, though. We're not just to put on the character of God, we should also put on the practices of God in our life. The way that He relates with other people. The things that he did in his life, the things that we can pull out from all the rest of scripture, the practices that he did in his life are the things that we are to put on in our life as well. And one of those initial practices that we see in the Bible, even from the very beginning of all creation, is that he initiates relationships. We see this practice of, this is the ultimate example that we get from God by sending Jesus when Jesus came into our world there's no greater example of initiating relationship with us by the sending of his own son. It's the ultimate example. But long before that, we see that put on display. So in creation, you have Adam. God creates Adam and Eve, and he initiates humanity. He literally creates humanity. You have Noah. God initiates with Noah before the flood. He intervenes in his life he he initiates relationship with him you have Abraham God initiates a relationship with Abraham before anything else happens in his life God steps in and he intervenes you have Moses God appears to Moses in the burning bush and he steps in There's numerous other examples, right? Like you can go to Joshua, you can go to Samuel, you can go to Isaiah, you can go to David, you can go to Daniel. You have all these different examples. You have the whole people of God that God initiates relationship with in the wilderness. You have all these different examples. God steps in. He initiates. Now, here's what I want us to notice here, all right? When God initiates, he doesn't just step in, but there's always an invitation, Anytime that God steps into your life, there's always an invitation that's initiated. He initiates a relationship, but then he invites you further in. All right, so go back and think on these examples that we talked about. You have Adam. He creates him. He initiates humanity. But what's his invitation? To step in with God and to create and multiply. Every single one of these examples, God can do this in and of himself. He does not need us. But when he initiates relationship, he always gives us an invitation to step into this life and to do things with him. Then you have Noah. What's his invitation? He initiates relationship with Noah and then he invites him to build the ark. Literally, he preserves all humanity through Noah. He initiates relationship and then he invites him in to do these big things with him. Then you have Abraham. What does he promise to Abraham? Hey, go. Go. Like, leave your place here. Go. And as you do that, I'm going to make you an incredible nation. He invites him in. God initiates Abraham, and then he invites him into something that God is doing, and he's going to do through him. Then you have Moses. He initiates a relationship with him. He shows up in the burning bush. What's, what's the invitation here? Go rescue my people. They're in captivity. You live there. You saw it with your own eyes. Like, here's the invitation. I'm going to go do something dramatic and huge. But look, I'm going to do it through you, Moses. He initiates and then he invites in. Look, I want this for our church. I want this for our church. I want us to be a church that imitates God, not just in his character, but also in his practices. And what we see in the Bible is that God initiates relationship and then he invites further in. So look, this year, as we're kind of thinking on initiating relationships with all people, I want this to be the year of invitation for us. I want this to be the year of invitation, all right? So I mean this holistically, broadly for us as a church, but also for us to think about this individually in our own life, all right? So holistically, here's what this looks like. So we initiate relationships with all people. This is something that we've tried to do from the very outset in the life of our church. This last year, I mean, we did uh, movie nights in the park. We've done play groups at the park. We went to coffee. We, did, we went to farmers markets and we sold coffee where we were trying to initiate relationships. We don't just stay here and look, like, wait for people to come to us. No, we've tried to go out into our community and we've tried to initiate relationships with all people. Look, we're wanting to build on that for this next year. So, look, this seems crazy but I wanna have 100,000 invitations to people in this year. Now, here's some of the ways that holistically we're trying to like, strategize and scheme to make this happen, all right? So we already are talking with six of our partner churches about coming out and doing um, some visits with us. While they're here, we wanna strategically use these friends that are here to help us go out and invite people in our community in to the things that God is doing here. So we're talking door, like I'm going to have Lucas working a lot, (laughs) designing a lot of door hangers, designing um, mailers that we're going to be sending out. We're talking with this outreach magazine group that they, Anytime someone moves into your neighborhood, they, you have this card that you can have mailed to this new neighbor in your neighborhood that invites them in. Like, look, we want to scatter our neighborhoods with invitations to invite them in. We're gonna do these things. We're strategizing. We're thinking on all of it. But look, not just holistically, but individually. I want us to own this core value that we initiate relationships with all people that we're looking at who our God is and we're putting off the old, we're putting on the new and we're applying the same principles, the same practices that he does in his life of how he initiates and he invites in. So look, I want us to personally adopt and to practice these things in our own life. Like I'm wrestling with this myself. All right, so here, here's what this looks like for me this year. All right, so as I'm wrestling with this, I'm thinking on this before this whole entire 2022 comes up. I'm thinking, okay, what am I gonna do in terms of inviting people in this next year? And so here's what I've come up with, all right? Whenever I'm out in the public, when I go somewhere, whether it's a restaurant, a coffee shop, wherever, I have made it a personal goal that I will not leave that place without extending an invitation with someone that's sitting next to me. So this last week, or I had um, these cards. I keep at least a few of them in my wallet every single time I go out. I'm sitting down. I just got done with a meeting. I'm sitting down. I'm doing some work. I'm packing up. I'm getting ready to go. And you know what? I'm a nervous wreck. (laughs) I'm a nervous wreck thinking about there's a guy that's sitting to my left. There's a lady that's sitting to my right. I didn't have a lot of conversation with them beforehand, but I'm like, no, like this is the year of invitation. I gotta step into this. So I have like sweat that's like going down my back because I'm like, I'm, I'm so anxious to like open up this conversation with these people. So I'm sitting at Piper's, I have all my stuff packed up, I had my wallet out, I got the two invitations, I say like this little breath prayer of like, God, please help me have some courage here. And so before I get up, I look over to my left and my right and say, hey, I'm a new pastor in the area. I would love to invite you to a brand new church that's in our neighborhood here and. You know what happened? It was a great conversation. I, I talked to the guy that was on my left. He's like, yeah, we used to go to another church here, but we kind of got estranged with some relationships. And so we've been going to a different church, but we don't really like follow a lot of what they kind of do. And so we're, we're very open to like new churches. It's so encouraging to hear that there's a new church in the area. He took my card. He wanted my personal email address. So I wrote it down on the card and I gave it to him. The lady on that was on my right. She was like, What kind of church is it? Like, I'm not really in a church right now. Um, I've gone before in the past, but I'm not really going right now. Like, tell me a little bit more about your church. What's it like? And so I got to sit there and I got to talk with her about my church, this church for just like a few short minutes with them. And you know what? I was okay. Like I left and I was all right. Like I didn't get yelled at. I didn't get embarrassed. It was really great conversations from like, just trying to step out with courage where I was at in the public and initiate relationship and invite people in. So look, here's here's my question for you. What's gonna be your practice? In 2022, like what's gonna be your practice? How are you gonna initiate relationships and invite people in? And then, Like, how are you going to adopt this regular practice of initiating and inviting? Like, it doesn't have to be mine. Like, you can, you can steal it. Please do. Like, I would love for you to do that. There, we have some of these cards that are on the back table. I'd love for any, I'd love for all those cards to be gone by the time you leave tonight. But look, what are you going to do? What's going to be your personal practice? Right? Like, maybe it's like, okay, I'm just going to focus on my street this year, where I live the neighbors that God has placed around me, I'm gonna really be intentional about trying to invite them in. When we have community group in our neighborhood, I'm gonna invite my, my neighbors over. Or when we have Easter services come around, I'm gonna be very intentional. I'm gonna try to invite my whole entire street with us. Maybe it's just your coworkers. Maybe there's some friends. I, look, I don't care who it is or like what the adoption is, but like, what is it you're gonna do? How are you gonna step in? The practices that God has in his life, how are you gonna put those on? What are you gonna to do to initiate an invite in 2022? So look, the first command of Ephesians chapter five is to be imitators of God. We, we have this whole new way of life for us to learn under our God who's invited us into relationship with him, putting on the character of God, putting on the practices of God. So look, let's make it a priority to follow and live within this command that we step into it, that as God has initiated relationship with us, as He's invited us in, let's do the same for other people. But not only that, we have a second command here in Ephesians chapter 5. And the second is that we are to walk in love. We're to walk in love. Here's what it says. Therefore, be imitators of God, as dearly loved children. This is verse one, second verse, and walk in love. As Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. Look, anytime that Paul used the word walk in his letters, he's describing someone's like outer life. He's describing the life that other people see that are around you. So look, our, our faith isn't just this private faith where God does something in our inner soul and that's like where it stays. No, our faith is to be a public faith, it's to be lived out before other people in the world that we live in. We're not just to have, like, I mean, it's the little song that we sing to our kids, right? This little light of mine, I'm, I'm gonna let it shine. I'm not gonna hide it under a bushel. No, like, that's what, like, that whole song is getting about, right? Like, it's not just this private faith. It's a public faith. Something that we're to live before other people. Look, God does a unique work in your life when Christ steps in and he makes you new. And that's not just something that's to stay with you. That's something to be shown and exemplified before other people. We're to walk in love. Now, Paul makes another comparison here when he's talking about walking in love. Whenever he's trying to say, hey, this is what it looks like. When you walk in love, this is what it looks like. This is how you're to do it. This is your example. Here's what he says. We're to walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. So look, for us to walk in love, it means that we serve and we sacrificially love people in the way that Christ has loved and served us. Paul makes it clear that this is Jesus' crucifixion, right? Like like the way that he's talking about this, this fragrant, sacrificial offering that's made to God, he's speaking of his crucifixion. This thing that's one-time thing that Jesus has done for us, that paid the full penalty of our sin and allows us to step into relationship with God, the same love that was shown to us. We walk in this love as Jesus laid down his life for us. We're to lay down our life for others. Now, verses like this are to be an incredible encouragement to us, There should be an incredible encouragement because it ensures us that the extravagant love that God has for us is true. It's a reminder like, yes, God did this for you. It was a one-time payment. It does not have to be paid again. It was done completely on your behalf. There's nothing else that's required of you. This is everything. God has done everything for you through Jesus. It's a reminder to us of the extravagant love, but it's also an exhortation to us. It's this big challenge for us. It sets a really high bar for the way that we're to love and serve other people. We should look at it and it's like, man, that is sacrificial. That's a big call that God has placed on our life. These are the first two things that I think we kind of jump to whenever we go to these passages. like, man, what a great encouragement. Oh, what a high bar that's been set. But look, there's something else that I want you to consider with me. it's opportunity. All right, here's what I mean. Verses like this should also lead us to assess the present opportunities that are in our life for us to walk in love before other people. It should cause you to question, what are the opportunities that God has placed around me for me to step in And walk in love for other people to see this display of the love that's been shown towards me towards other people. Look, Jesus did this, all right? Like, you have to think about how strategic Jesus was, even within the truths of this little verse. For Jesus to come and lay down his life for us and meant that he had to literally come into this world. Like he had to leave his rightful place in heaven to come down to earth in order for him to live such a sacrificial life. He seized an opportunity. He left what he rightfully deserved and humbled himself, coming and putting him in a position where he could literally come and lay down his life for you. He was opportunistic in the way that he could come and show and prove his love for us. Then you also think about just the way that Jesus lived his life here on earth. I mean, as he's going around, he's traveling from town to town, city to city. Like, Jesus is strategic about where he goes and who he initiates relationship with. I mean, two examples that popped to my mind this week were the woman at the well and Zacchaeus. As Jesus is traveling around, he's supposed to go completely around the place, Samaria, where the woman at the well lives, but what does Jesus do? He tells, no, our dis- disciples, you're gonna follow me through this place that we're not, around these people that we're not, to, we're not to associate with whatsoever. And so he goes and he sits down at this well where he knows the time of day where this woman is gonna be and he steps in. You think about Zacchaeus. It's this little old man that he's not supposed to have any relationship with whatsoever. He's walking down the street. He has crowds that are around him. Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is coming to town. And so he climbs up the tree so he can just get a glimpse of who this Jesus is. Jesus identifies him and he tells him to come down. Then he's going to his house. As Jesus is traveling around, he's seizing the opportunities for him to love and serve the people that are around him. I mean, think about his friends. Jesus had a reputation here on earth, and you know what the reputation was? That he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus did not fall into that reputation. He was very intentional about who he was around and who he associated himself with here in this life. He was opportunistic. So yeah, huge sacrifice. It's to be an encouragement to us. This is the new standard for us. Man, that's a high bar, yes. But it should also cause us to think, well, what are the opportunities that are around me where I'm walking in love for people to experience the display of the love? that's been shown to me through Christ Jesus. Now, before we go any further, like I just wanna brag on you uh, for a second, all right? Now, this is the part where it's like, oh man, he's gonna bring the hammer down (laughs) on us, right? You're good at this. Like we may be like a small, like little child of a church still, but you are good at this. Look, in the short time in the life of our church, I've seen just a handful of displays of this, all right? One, you've cared for the sick really well. We've had a couple of different cases of COVID that have been in our church. None that are going on. Everybody should be like, feel okay right now, okay? Like feel settled. But look, with, I've heard stories of your community groups and the way that you've cared for those that have gotten sick in the life of our church. Meal trains, like checking in, texts, Just making sure that people are doing okay. Like you've cared for the sick well. Like you've thrown baby showers for each other. Like what a hard, challenging time for us to like step in and to like love and celebrate new life that's happening in the life of our church in the middle of a pandemic. But you're doing it. Like, you love, you step in, you serve one another. Like, this isn't something where, like, someone in the group that's pregnant has come and asked, hey, can you throw me a, like, I need these things, can you come throw me a? No, like, this is, like, firsthand nature to you. You've stepped in, and you've provided, and you've celebrated, you've rejoiced, you've been excited with one another. Look, you've given generously with your end giving fund that we were trying to do internally. You raised $3,500 that we're going to give to Oasis, a a group that's trying to love and serve those that are kind of on the margins of our society right now as we have refugees that are moving into our city. And this is an organization that's stepping in and helping do the work. And look, you heard it. And literally within like three weeks, we've almost doubled our goal of what we're trying to give to Oasis here to love and serve those that are new to our community. You do this well love well. So like, here's what I want for us. All right. So um, before I dove, here's just proof of that. Okay. So I got a text message. Um, or My wife got a text message after a Sunday service back in November. We had some people that were from out of town that came in and this stood out to me. All right. So I blurred out the blue part. This is my high editing skills at the top. So you can thank me about that later. Here's the message below it. It was so good to see you all. My mom and sister have been talking about how welcoming and friendly your church is. Look, that was the thing that stood out to them before anything else that was put in the rest of this text. It was you that stood out to them, that remained with them whenever they left our gathering on Sunday. I, we had another guy that was here that same Sunday, and uh, he told me in the car afterwards, he was, triv- he was visiting from North Carolina, and uh, he told me in the car afterwards, he was like, hey, um... Here's the thing about your church. Like, I love the culture. He's like, um, the thing that you all have been working on, like, I felt it. The thing that I know that, like, you've talked about and the thing that you want people to experience, like, I felt that today. He's like, if anybody comes to your church, if they're just wanting to sneak in and, like, kind of be anonymous in the life of your church, like, Storyline's not going to be the church for them. Because your people have stepped in and engaged and had relationships and made people feel warm and welcomed as they are here. Like, you felt the love that is happening within the life of your church. You're good at this. You're good at this. So here's my desire for us, all right? As we consider our core value that we initiate relationships with all people, that we walk in this command of love, I want us to be opportunistic in how we are stepping in and embracing, taking the culture of our church to the city that we live in. I want us to think about opportunities and ways that the culture that's already being created here, that we're being opportunistic in the way that we're taking that, not, not just to like our own homes and our community groups and like these other little gatherings where it's just us. I want us to be opportunistic about thinking about how do we take this culture that God's creating here in the life of our church to our city because this is what walking in love looks like. And so again, I want us to like, dream and I want us to think and I want us to have big ideas and plans that we're working together on what this looks like holistically as well individually in our life. So like holistically. I want us to build off of some of the things that we did to try to initiate relationships last year with like movie nights in the park and things. Like y'all put this on display. Some of the things that we got back from people, feedback that we got back from these events was like, man, y'all were so loving. And like you brought water to us. You brought snack bags. Like the whole entire event was just done really, really well. Like y'all did great. They felt this. And I want us to have more opportunities where we're doing this. So we're gonna do things like movie nights in the park again. We're gonna do some other things. We're trying to go out and initiate relationships. But I want people to feel like our service this year. Like, I don't want us just to create place where there's opportunity for a relationship. I want us to step in and walk in Love. I want the sacrificial love that was shown to us through Christ Jesus to be felt by our neighbors, by the way that we're stepping in and serving our neighborhoods in the way that they so desperately need. That's why we're trying to build relationships with like our city aldermens, our neighborhood aldermens, our, our some of the public schools that are in our area. That's why we're pursuing partnerships with Oasis, where they're pursuing relationships in our area of people that have needs that we can step in and lovingly, sacrificially serve them in the way that Christ has loved and served us the first opportunity that we're looking at is happening in the week of March 12th through the 17th. So we're working, nailing down. We're wanting to do at least four of these in the next year. We're stepping out into our community. We're hearing the voice of our community, what the needs are of our community. And we walk in love by stepping in and sacrificially, servingly, loving our city. But I want this to be done also individually. Individually. I want us to think about, like, what can I do to walk in love and be opportunistic in the places and the spaces that God has desired for me to step into? So, look, here, like, here's another thing that I'm trying to wrestle with for me personally as I'm trying to, like, live this out myself. I'm trying to think through, like, what are the things that I'm doing in my life that I don't need to be doing alone? You know what I'm saying? So, like, I like to go run, Um, especially whenever it's warmer. (laughs) Right now, it's, like, too dark and too cold, right? Like, I get home, it's dark and cold. I wake up in the early in the morning, it's dark and cold. So, it's, like, okay, whenever it gets warm. But, like, I don't need to go out and just run by myself. There's, like, running groups here. So, like, do I go join a running group? I, I have, like, goals for me in terms of, like, personal fitness for this next year. Like, I don't need to just like try to do exercise at home. Is there like a CrossFit gym or something that I need to go step into where I can be opportunistic and like get to know other people and hopefully walk in love where people can experience the display of love that's been shown to me and hopefully I can step in and do the same for them. Like, what is it for you? What is it that God is kind of like, this is something I want you to go step in and be opportunistic and exemplifying the love that I've shown towards you. And I want you to exemplify that towards someone else. So here's the question, like, how can I take our church culture to the city? The things that you're doing well already, the way that you're loving and caring for the sick, the way that you're stepping in and giving generously, the way that you're celebrating and you're loving and you're providing for other people that are in life, you're How do you take this culture of our church to the city that so desperately needs to know the love of Jesus for them? What are the opportunities that you can seize this year? And then who can go and do that with you? Who in the life of our church has shared common interests that you can go and you can step into? Like, if you like soccer, then go do an intramural thing. Like, go step into a league. But don't try to create your own team. Just go join an existing one with another friend here. Like if you like cooking classes, great. Go step into a cooking class. Whatever your interest is, whatever is kind of like already on your mind, what can you do that maybe you're doing by yourself that you can do with other people and how can you be opportunistic and walking in love and putting your place, putting yourself in strategic spaces and places for you to exemplify to other the love that's been shown to you. So look, we're to be imitators of God. We put on his character. We put on his practices. We initiate and we invite. We walk in love. We seek to be opportunistic in the way that we live this life before other people. Now, I've kind of held off on something in the midst of all of this, and I don't want to hold off in a, any longer. So we're going to conclude with this, all right? So as we close, look back at Ephesians 5.1 with me. Can you, like, I don't have this in the slide, but could you go back to Ephesians 5.1 for me? So here's what it says, all right? Therefore, be imitators of God, look, as dearly loved children. Paul doesn't just put loved children. He doesn't just put children. What does he put there? He says dearly loved children. Paul instructs us to be imitators of God as children. And look, there's no doubt that children learn through imitation. I've tried to give you examples. If you have children in your own life, you know this. If you have parents, like you can think back to your own life and you can see this. But here's the thing. This imitation has an expiration date. When it comes to us and our families and our relationships, there's this day of awareness that happens in our life where we come to realization of things that are going on around us. And you see your parents and you see the way that they live, and there's this date of awareness where it's like, do I really want to imitate my parents? Is that who I really want to be? Is who they are as adults the direction and the path that I want to go personally in my own life? Now, if you have good parents, you've probably like taken some things from them, but some of us, it's like, I don't want to be my parents. Like, you have all these different insurance commercials that are like, hey, I'm gonna teach you to not be like your parents as you get at home, right? Like you have these different illustrations. You have these different examples of like how we try to go away from our parents. You know what the defining factor is for a person that wants to continue down the path of imitating and mimicking and becoming like their parents? It's love. It's that they're dearly loved. Look, the love of God has for us already been determined because Jesus has already come and lived and died and been resurrected. Here's what that means for you. The love that God has expressed towards you over 2,000 years ago can never, ever, not in any lifetime, be ever changed towards you. It's 110% Fully, never gonna be changed because this has happened in human history. He's loved you. Sacrificially, fragrant offering can never be taken back. He's alive, Jesus is alive and is seated at the right hand of God. So look, as we stepped into these things, look, I'm not asking you to step into these things with me as a church in order for us to earn the love of God. I'm not asking you to step in in order for us to prove a love that God has shown us in the past. I'm saying this is the state that you are in as a church, as a believer in Jesus. You are dearly loved. And so look, as a dearly loved child, let's imitate and let's walk in love. Something that's already been given to you, you do not have to earn. So look, Let's walk in this love and let's imitate our God. Let's put on his character. Let's put on his practices. Let's be opportunistic and step into opportunities where we can show this love that can never, ever be taken away from us. Because this is 100% been proven to us and can never be turned away. You're fully and completely loved. You're dearly loved children. So let's act it in 2022. Let's pray.